Hi there. This is the Ant Polly Podcast, a podcast I do just for you, all about the animals in New York City. Some are real, some are fake, but they're all full of personality. Let's go meet them. This week, we're going to start off with a story. Pinky the raccoon didn't come to New York City. He was born in New York City. Williamsburg, Brooklyn, in fact, right on DeVoe Street, not far from the Lorimer stop on the L train. The area was full of brownstones and leafy streets, neighborhood bakeries, and great Italian restaurants. Most of the raccoons met up in the early mornings near the trash cans at Fortunato Brothers Bakery to converse over some cannolis and maybe split a baba rum. At night, many would carouse around the back of Carmine and Sons to share some pizza or a calzone. Or, if there was something special, maybe De Francesco's for spaghetti and meatballs. Now, Pinky didn't have a whole lot of choice in his everyday profession. His family, like every raccoon family, were trash disruptors. They knocked over trash cans and took whatever they could find and went dumpster diving for good stuff behind any place that they could. But his raccoon family also specialized in stolen bird feeders. Very high-end stolen bird feeders. The kind of bird feeders meant for the most gorgeous robins or knock your socks off blue jays. His cousin Fredo explained when he was taking Pinky to the abandoned warehouse where the family stored the bird feeders. That's the kind of thing we move. Now Pinky knew his family didn't have to be doing this. Raccoons could get along just fine eating scraps, and this was Brooklyn. There were plenty of tasty scraps. You had pizza crusts aplenty, leftover chow mein, cause who can finish a whole order? Half-eaten croissants, and don't forget bagels. Never forget bagels. But the bird feeder business made his family a little more lucky than most raccoons. They had very nice dens and extra scraps around, and they didn't have to dig into dumpsters, but they did it to keep up appearances. Couldn't let the other raccoons know what they were up to. And Pinky was kind of proud that their undercover bird feeder business was so prestigious. Fancy people wanted their stolen bird feeders. They sold them to some pretty high-end clientele, like the Kushner Weasel family in New Jersey and the Milk and Minks. They had made a killing in the scraps market. His job, after all, was pretty easy. He just had to wait at the warehouse for deliveries from his cousins, Beasley and Bruno. His cousin Beasley had been the runt of the litter. He was a thin and wiry raccoon, which was weird for raccoons. And he wore a hat. Pinky suspected to hide how small his head was and how short his whiskers were. Bruno was a big raccoon like the rest of Pinky's family. Big boned and strong. Kings of the trash heap, his family had been called. So Pinky would sit with Fredo and they'd play Uno while they waited on deliveries. They had been close since they were kids. And it was a real good time to get to sit around and shoot the fluff all day. Fredo had a crush on a neighborhood girl named Marquesa, but then Fredo had a crush on a new girl every week. I think this one is the one, though, Pinky, Fredo said. She's so smart. Man, so smart. Like, knock the lids off the trash can, smart. Makes the funniest jokes, too. 
there was a fish market not far from the warehouse. It usually shut down right around their lunchtime, so they'd go down to see what the fishmongers had left behind. There were usually some tasty fish heads and some crab legs and even a lobster claw one time. And they only had to contend with a few rats to get to the good stuff. Then it was back to the warehouse to wait. Usually their cousins Bruno and Beasley would show up once in the morning and once in the afternoon with the goods. Fredo and Pinky would rush to slide away the old rusty doors so their cousins could drive the truck into the warehouse. But it was never fast enough for Beasley. Slowest raccoons in New York freaking city, he'd yell. You two act like you're running with concrete shoes on. But Beasley never even bothered to lift a paw to help when it came to unpacking the bird feeders. He would just stand to the side and yell orders. Put that red one over there. And hey, hey you, handle that with both paws. You break that, I'll rip out one of your whiskers. And when you get that black and silver feeder off the truck, make sure to put it in the very back. That one is for a special customer. Bruno, on the other hand, never said much at all. He helped, though, and he was always nice. When Pinky went home, he would talk to his dad about it. His dad had retired years ago. But as his dad said, You never really retire out of this family. Dad, Bruno was fine. But Beasley is such a jerk. I know he's family, but... Oh, son, you don't gotta like your family. I mean, Beasley. A lot of us call him Beats Me, as in Beats Me Why we keep that kid around. Pinky laughed. I gotta make sure I don't stop calling him Beats Me. <laughs> don't tell Fredo. That's a joke between you and me. The next day, Fredo was so excited when he showed up. Makeza agreed to go on a date with me, he squealed. I'm going to take it some nice trash cans, real nice, maybe even Bamante's cans. Oh boy, that's great, Pinky said. Just then they heard Beasley and Bruno's truck pull up and the brakes screech hard and loud. This was early for a drop-off and Frito and Pinky raced to open the doors. What they saw was not like anything they'd ever seen before because Bruno and Beasley were fighting in the truck, screaming and gesturing. When they both saw the doors were open, they stopped fighting and pulled in. Beasley jumped out of the truck like nothing was different. Slower and slower, he yelled. We ain't got all day here. I want to see your fun moving so fast that I won't see your stripes. Frito and Pinky went as fast as they could and were very tired and really hungry by the time Beasley and Bruno pulled out of the warehouse. Lucky for them, it was lunchtime. They headed down to the fish market and got in the race with a few rats for the seafood scraps that were along the docks. Pinky spotted a nice little trash heap of fishtails and made a beeline for it. He was tearing into a nice end of a salmon when a rat approached. It had a scar that ran right between its eyes. Beat it, Pinky said. I found it first. I'm not looking to tangle with you, raccoon, but I think I know something you should know. Huh? Your name's Pinky, right? You work up at the warehouse. Mind your own business, rat, Pinky said and threw a tail at the rat. Take this and get away. Fine, fine. But you'd be smart to hear me out. 
Some other day, rat. When Pinky went home, he told his dad all about the weird day he'd had, about Bruno and Beasley fighting and the rat coming up to him. It was all very confusing to Pinky and a little scary. And he always knew his dad was good at helping him with this stuff. You said Bruno and Beasley were fighting? He asked. Yeah, like real bad. And this rat, did you get its name? Nope, I told it to go away. You were right not to trust a rat the first time you met it. But if you see it again, listen to it. Don't trust it, but give it a listen. Fredo showed up over the moon the next morning. He'd had a great date and couldn't stop talking at it as he told Pinky all the details. She's got such strong paws, he said. I can just imagine how well she can push over a trash can and a fur. It shines in the moonlight like dead fish scales. Pinky tried to pay attention, but he was so distracted. He just couldn't stop thinking about how he could try to find that rat at lunchtime. And he kept checking his watch, wondering if Bruno and Beasley would show up for the morning drop-off. But they never did. Once noon came around, Pinky threw down his Uno hand and said, Let's get some lunch. I'm starving. Yeah, what do you feel like today? I'm thinking maybe we go to that burger joint, see what's in their dumpster. Pinky shook his head. Nah, I'm really craving some fish. Ah, we go there all the time. Well, we don't got to go to the same place together every day, Pinky said. And he was actually happy about this idea. He'd feel better if Fredo wasn't there. If he had to find the rat. Yeah, you go to the burger place and I'll go get some fish. Pinkley had barely made it into the fish market when he spotted the rat with the scar from the day before. He tried to act like he wasn't looking for it and just headed toward a crab leg. Came back, huh? The rat asked. I come here almost every day. But without your friend, I noticed. Yeah, he wanted a burger. What of it? You're sure you're not interested in what I have to say? Sure, yeah, Pinky said and shrugged. Go ahead. Your cousin Beasley, he's been seen hanging around with some people I don't think your family would like. Oh, really? Pinky said. This was exciting. He was going to get something on that bully. Interested now? A little. Well, the rest isn't free. It'll cost you. Pinky and the rat negotiated for a bit. The rat wanted way too much. And finally, Pinky got him down to something affordable. So what is it? He's been seen talking to the ABC. You know them? The who? The ABC. The Animal Bureau of Crime. He's a snitch, is what I'm saying. And with that, the rat took his feet and ran off into a sewer. Pinky just stood there stunned. He patted his paws together and walked in circles. He lost his whole appetite for lunch, which had never happened before. He finally sat and put his head in his paws. He tried to think about what to do. 
he decided he'd just confront Beasley about it. Just find out right off if it was true. He knew he couldn't say anything to Fredo. When Beasley and Bruno showed up at the warehouse later that afternoon, Pinky really looked at Beasley as he got out of the truck. He noticed his hat seemed pulled lower than usual. But otherwise, just same old Beasley with that same old bullying voice. You got your glue on your paws? And you gotta get those feeders out of here. Pinky just went to work. Once the trunk was all empty and Bruno had gone to take a whiz, he noticed Beasley by himself by the truck. Pinky went over and asked Beasley if they could have a word, raccoon to raccoon. Beasley looked like he was about to shout something. When something in Pinky's look must have shook Beasley's confidence. Let's have this word later when I'm not so busy, Beasley said. You know the bins behind Sal's pizzeria? It's like the worst pizza in the neighborhood. Exactly. So all them, so there won't be many people around. And do me a favor. Whatever you got to talk to me about, don't tell your dad. Beasley said and leaned in close. You got that? Yeah, yeah, I got that. Pinky got home that night at the same time he always did. His dad asked if he wanted to go to go grab some scraps behind Carmine and Sons later and meet up with some of the fellas. But Pinky lied and told his dad he had a date with a girl he'd met. His dad just raised his eyes and nodded his head. Much better than our old crew. Have a nice time. Beasley was waiting in the shadows behind the trash bins at Sal's Pizzeria. He had his hat in one hand and a bottle of bug juice in the other hand. Raccoon to raccoon, he said and laughed. I couldn't believe you said that to me in the warehouse today. But fine. What do you want to talk about, raccoon to raccoon? The ABC, Pinky replied. I know you're snitching. Beasley kicked the trash can, then he reached in and grabbed out an old piece of pizza crust. He ate it fast. I stressy, he said. Look, the ABC came to me. They know all about our family. So? I know I'm the runt. The one no one ever wished was ever around, he said. Your dad probably told you what they all call me. He told you they call me Beats Me. Beats Me while we keep him around. Yeah, I bet he did. So the ABC, they do all this. So they think I'm easy pickings, right? They think I'll turn on the family. But I ducked and dodged them. I'm the smallest one in this family, but I'm the smartest one. So you're not talking to them? Oh, no. I talk to them. He says, I was trying to figure out what the ABC knows. This is the Animal Bureau of Crime. They got all kinds of creatures on the payroll. They're paying pigeons to spy on squirrels, and squirrels to spy on cats, and rats to spy on everyone. Wouldn't surprise me, they were paying those idiot dogs to spy on their humans. 
Pinky was shocked that his cousin Beasley knew all this. Beasley was right. The family underestimated him. Will you find out anything? Yeah, Beasley said. They know everything. They know how many feeders we move every day, who our customers are, who your dad is, who my mom is, where our warehouse is. That's why I started working with them. They don't want us. They want our customers. Pinky had to sit down. His head was spinning. The ABC knew who his dad was. His dad. I know it's a lot, Beasley said. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing I learned. The thing that really got me. What's that? Pinky asked. to be, you know, tough animals. No way of life is knocking over trash cans and driving into dumpsters. We've all been stealing scraps since we were young. So we think it's okay to steal all kinds of stuff. We think it ain't gonna hurt anyone, Beasley said. But all that stuff we get out of the trash cans, eh, it's trash. Who wants it besides us? And maybe the rats. And the pigeons. Right. Beasley took a swig of his bug wine. But those bird feeders, they eat trash. And they're made by woodchucks. And those woodchucks need the money from those bird feeders to feed their own families. We think we aren't doing anything wrong. But we are. Pinky had heard enough. He wasn't sure what to make of any of this. I gotta go home, Pinky said. Go home, Beasley said. Try to sleep. I certainly can't anymore. I want out of this business. You should too. The next morning, Pinky crawled out from his den and told his dad he was going to call in sick to work. Not in this family. Pinky thought about whether he should tell his dad when he knew and realized it was smarter not to. If he told his dad that Beasley was talking to ABC, Beasley would be in trouble. But Beasley was doing the right thing, and he was trying to help their family. He was trying to get them out of the business. Dad, Pinky called. Where do we get the bird feeders? What? The bird feeders. Where do we get them? What kind of questions are these before I even scavenge some espresso browns? Pinky crossed his paws in front of his chest. The ABC is on to us. Ha! Sure. They've been on to us for years. Which one of your cousins told you that? Because I can assure you that we've been spied on by that bunch for years. And nothing has ever come of it. Pinky sunk his head. He realized right then what his cousin Beasley had been trying to explain. It wasn't about getting caught. It was about what his family was doing in the first place. Dad, Pinky asked again, where do the bird feeders come from? I had hoped you'd never ask that, his dad said. Pinky nodded. He walked over to his dad gave him the biggest hug he could. 
You are the one who told me you don't have to like our family. Just love them. Well, I love you, Dad, but I can't keep doing this. And with that, Pinky walked out of his den on DeVoe Street. He tried not to look at his old friends and family as he passed the trash bins at Fortunato's brothers. He noticed Fredo running off to the warehouse and had to step behind a fence to hide. Hide from Fredo, his best friend. But he knew Fredo would never go with him, so he just kept going north, then west, then north, up through the Bronx. He knew he was out of the city when he stopped feeling the subway rumble. He stopped to rest in a field, and when he woke up in the morning, it was to birds chirping. He'd never woken up to birds chirping. He rubbed his eyes, and he could see a bird feeder in the distance with a robin feeding in it. High in feeda, he said to himself. Then he wondered where he could go find a trash can to scavenge, like any respectable raccoon. This week's sponsor is Peter Wizard's Yellow Snowballs. These yellow snowballs have a very distinct scent and come four to a box. These are the best weapons you can have in a snowball fight. Your opponents will know what hit them when they get a Peter Wizard's Yellow Snowball to the chest. Stock up now before winter snowball fights start and get a two-for-one deal. That's eight yellow snowballs for the price of four. When you use Aunt Polly at checkout. What? What's that buzz? Oh. Buzz says I had to read some fine print this week? But Buzz, we... Okay, alright. Um, Peter Wizard's yellow snowballs are not parent approved and should never be aimed at opponent's face. Use at your own peril. Aunt Polly's Weird News of the Week. So the week of Thanksgiving, a crazy thing happened. A metallic sculpture was spotted in an area of Utah that is almost never visited by humans. It was spotted by scientists in a helicopter looking for bighorn sheep. People wondered whether it was a sculpture made by a human and left there, or if maybe aliens left it there. Then... The same metallic sculpture showed up in Romania and then another one on a hilltop in California. No one could figure out exactly who or what was putting these metal sculptures all over the place. And then they would disappear as if they were never there. And then one showed up in the unlikeliest of places. But a place I think all of you would like to go one day, but can't right now because of, you know, COVID. Grandpa Joe's Candy Shop in Pennsylvania. Now, since this didn't seem like a spot for a mysterious sculpture to show up, a few people did some digging. And it turns out, the owner of the candy shop had the sculpture made and put it in front of the shop himself. No mystery here, kids. Just a man trying to sell his candy. 
Okay, that's it for this week. And just a reminder, I love you all to the moon and back and can't wait until I get to see you all again.